Hi, everybody. I, lo I love uh, Brian's question, the 20-year thing. I'm, I'm going to stretch that a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, hey, great to be here. Uh, I'm Dick Thompson. I'm the pastor for Seasoned Adults Ministry here at Calvary Community Church. Been here about two and a half years. And uh, my cohort, Mary Roberts, is in the front row. I see you snuck in, Mary. Uh, Mary and I have been working on this for two and a half years, and we've been doing Salt Company for about a year and a half, and it's just been a great, great adventure for us, uh, and I am, I really mean this. I am very much appreciative of the opportunity to come and uh, muse with you tonight, uh, and the, the, the subject, you, you think about this. If, how would you do this? Uh, Dick, come and, or you, you know, you, your name, come and talk about the art of aging. I mean... Uh, you know, I have been working and thinking about this ever since I got asked to do this, and I, I, all I can say is I'm working on it. You know, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm 69 years old, and uh, so I am, I am a, we, in, in seasonal ministry, we talk about living in the third third. So we're third third people. You folks are, uh, what would you be, uh, first third folks, you know. So I'm, I'm, bringing you, I'm bringing you what I've got from the third third to the first third. That's what, that's what we're trying to do tonight. And hopefully this will be helpful to you. I want to start with this. Um, I'd like to have you think about the oldest person in your immediate family. How old is the oldest person in your immediate family? Shout that out. 95. Nice, 95. How many? 95, what else? 90, 80, 82. Can anybody beat 95? How many? 97. Got a 98, awesome. Okay, now flip it. How old is the youngest person in your immediate family? Six? Anybody younger than six? Two? What do you, Josh, what do you got? Five. Four, got a four-year-old? Five? Okay. Now, here's the last question. Um, what is, in your, in your immediate family, of your youngest to your oldest uh, immediate family member, what is the age span? You got to do some math here. The age span from the youngest to the oldest, what is that age span? 39, 39 years? 85. How many? 85. 85 years, yeah. How many? 56, okay. 75, yeah, cool. All right. Um, like, I'm going to put a photo up of my family. Have you got that? So, <clears throat> this is my family taken last October. Uh, the youngest is my grandson, Jack, who is, uh, at that time was five years old, six now. And, and then his mom, my daughter, Julia, is in this photo. And then uh, Suzanne and me, my wife, the, that redhead is my wife, Suzanne. And, and then my mom. Uh, my mom was uh, five days away from celebrating her 101st birthday. And she passed. Uh, actually, this birthday party happened, and then five, she passed five days before she turned 101. Uh, so we were just about on the cusp of six years old to 101, so 95-year span in, in my family. Uh, and, and, and I just tell you guys, it, it, it's, it's so precious, the time with family. Uh, you know, it was just beautiful how my mom passed. It was an amazing blessing in, in all of our lives, how the Lord was with her in those, in those last hours. And just this, this, this day with the balloons outside where she was living, we took, the, we brought, I wasn't going to talk about this, but we, we got back into uh, where, where she was living, and we tied all these balloons all over her beds for, uh, for the week after that. Everybody kept saying happy birthday to my mom. It just made her all the way. It was a beautiful thing. Um, so, to all to lead into this, in, in our country today, they are saying that there are now five generations present in the workforce in our country today. It has never happened before. And maybe where you work, maybe you, if you think about where you work, think about the ages of the people who are at, at, in, in that workplace where you are. But in generally speaking, we're being told there's five generations, which I think is a really good thing, no matter, no matter how old or young, because this suggests that we are having contact with each other. The different ages are all, we're actually literally working together. Uh, and that is a really, really good thing because that means for all of us, I mean myself included, and as well as for you, that means we are together learning how to, and this is the subject tonight, how to age well. We cannot really learn how to age well when we're age segregated. Does that make sense? 
the church has never been age segregated, except for the 20th century. I don't know how that happened. I can we could talk about that, but that the church has never been age segregated until uh, just really uh, you know what less than 100 years ago. The other thing that's going on is we're living longer. Um, if you are 20 years old today and you stay reasonably healthy, the actuarial tables, it's the tables that the insurance companies use to figure out risk, right, for life insurance and things like that, they say that you have a very good chance of living to be at least 90 and well likely beyond 90 years old. So <laughs> I guess I would say to you, YA folks, buckle up, <laughs> you know, you're going to be doing this a long time. Um, so now I want to draw a distinction uh, that's been really helpful for me as, as I think about this and share this with you uh, between growing older and aging. I want to submit to you those are not the same thing. Okay, Growing older is a biological fact. Getting older is about our bodies slowly wearing down, wearing out, our physical powers diminishing. Uh, I had back surgery two and a half weeks ago. That's because of wear and tear on my back. I'm doing great. I had an amazing surgeon. Um, as we get older, we find that we are having to take care of our bodies more and more. I, and I share with the people that I've been in ministry with <laughs> in the older uh, segment of the, of the church, you know what, taking care of your body is a part-time job. You show up for work whether you feel like it or not, because you have to. At your age of things, not so much. But as you get older, it's going to become a part-time job for you. Uh, and the adage really, I think, does hold. You take care of it, it being your body, it will take care of you. And that counts especially right now with YA folks. Aging, so that's all about getting older. Aging, on the other hand, uh, I want to propose is about maturing. Aging is about the kind of person that we become. Okay? So getting older versus aging. Aging is what we do to cheese and balsamic vinegar. Uh, what else? Wine. Uh, I, I read someplace, I was trying to chase this down, and I couldn't find it digging around, that I, I heard some, it's probably an apocryphal story, that Martin Guitars, way back in the day, uh, when they we came over from Germany, they, they got a hold of some old spruce stock that had been laying around for a long time, and they built those, is that true, Tim? Have you heard and they built those guitars out of that old spruce stock, and, and you cannot, you can't make a guitar like that anymore because the wood is so old. The older, I love this, is an older guy. The older the wood, the better the sound. It's aged wood. So let me tell you this truth, my dear friends. This puts a circle around everybody in the room. We are all aging. If you are not aging, we'll call the coroner. We are all aging. We're also all getting older. The question is then, as we as are musing tonight, and I really mean that this is really a, a, an active conversation for me, working on this, is how do we do this well? How do we age well? Um, and that's the, the question Pastor Brian asked me to think on with you tonight. Um, and I, again, I, I'm very much learning about this myself. I'm still very much, I don't feel I have final answers for you, but I want to share what I have. The, 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 the proverb that, that we're focusing on uh, is intriguing. Proverbs 20, 29 says, the glory of youth is their strength, but the beauty of the age is, is their gray hair. I, when I first read this proverb, I did not like this proverb, the business of gray hair, you know. I said, what? <coughs> Where youth is celebrated for strength, uh, to run fast, play well, work hard, compete, stretch capacities, reaching challenging goals. And be, along with that, in brain science, we know, brain science has discovered that in our younger years, we possess what's called fluid thinking. Fluid thinking is a capacity that we have when we're young, in your age group, younger than you, as well as younger than you. The ability, this is the ability to crunch numbers, to, to solve problems, work out complex arrangements, in our, in our fluid thinking brains, we are inventive, we write, we compose, we can do it quickly. And as we age, the research says in brain science, somewhere in our 30s and 40s, our fluid thinking capacity begins to diminish. I know you don't want to hear this. Some of your jobs require that kind of thinking 
And as we get into our 30s and 40s, that capacity begins to wane. So that's on the younger side of the proverb. Glory of youth is their strength, your strength. Very important. God's word says that the aged are celebrated for the beauty. What makes the aged beautiful? Um, it's, and I ask that question in a, in, a, in a culture that worships youth, where beauty is about cosmetics and gym memberships and, 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 and the speed of problem solving, being able to be quick in remembering facts and names. The, the, whereas it, apparently what the proverb is saying to us is the beauty of the aged, shall we say, the well-aged, has to do with living a life that is somehow beautiful. But it's not about appearance. Which suggests that aging is an art form. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a list of things. It, it, it's, it's, it's an art form that you're going to have to figure out. Is I'm having to figure this out. And it's done over many seasons of life. And it's, so it's slow art. It's one brush stroke at a time, right, on the canvas. So brain science says, has discovered, this is fascinating, that the prefrontal cortex of our brains continues to grow our entire lives. It never stops growing. Which means, and this has been discovered uh, in some of the research the last couple of decades, that as we grow older, as the fluid thinking capacity begins to diminish, something else comes online. This is very cool. Very cool for guys like me. And you as well. This is actually awesome good news. It, it is, it's called uh, crystalline thinking, is what the, the brain science folks call this. Crystalline thinking is the ability to see patterns. It's the ability to see the whole of things. Not just the trees, but they'll see the forest. It's, a, it's the ability to see the big picture that the brush strokes individually eventually reveal. Um, fluid thinking focuses on figuring out how to solve the problem. Crystalline thinking asks, is this the right problem to solve? So in the workforce, if you have five generations of people in the workforce, we got it all going on. And this is really good. Uh, we, we need each other. That, that's one of the mes messages I want to bring to you tonight, uh, YA folks, is that we need each other. We Older, older adults, seasoned adult people need you, and I would submit you need us to, to do this faithfully. We need the fluid thinking, we need the crystalline thinking, and we need it applied to our faith. Big time. So here's a working definition of aging. Aging is a progressive force ordained by God that teaches us how to be more authentic and fruitful. Where fruitfulness is about the creative process that Brian has been talking about. He shared it with you all so beautifully last week. Uh, I loved his description of the art of living. He used this last week. Art as the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, producing works to be appreciated primarily for the beauty and emotional power. So, I want to show you a, a photo. If the proverb says that there is beauty of the, in the aged, I want to show you a picture of a beautiful person. I got uh, Shirley's permission. John Hefty uh, passed about uh, about two months ago, and um, we're going to do a service for him day after tomorrow. And I get to I get to be a part of that service, and uh, John. His life is a beautiful life. Let me tell you a little bit about John. And you know people like I'm not just focusing on John, but you know people like this. That's the point. Uh, John was a really well-loved man by his family and by his church and by his community. Very involved in the community. You know, uh, very involved at Calvary. Just loved Calvary. Um, He's a man who loved a lot of people, too. He, he gave himself away a lot. Uh, a man of deep faith who lived with courage. And, 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 and as I came to know him, I, I came to, into his life when I, I joined a group here at church called the Righteous Brothers. And uh, <laughs> they're a bunch of characters. I'm the youngest guy in the group. 
And we meet every Thursday morning. There's about 25 of us. And John would always be on, on Zoom because he was never healthy enough to come. And John would sit there on Zoom. And sometimes he'd be in a hospital bed in some hospital on Zoom with oxygen, <laughs> you know. And, and, and we'd go to the John. How can we be praying for everybody? And, and, and we'd get to John. And John would say, he would tell us the, the real of it. Here's what's going on. I've got this cancer. I've got this and these issues. And, and, and uh, uh, but then he would always say, uh, hey, I, I am so glad to be with you guys. I, I, I love you guys. I think this is an awesome group. And I'm praying for you guys. That's just how he was. Um, and I guess I'm putting his picture up in front of you tonight to submit to you uh, that this is, a, this is a beautiful man. Uh, he's a man who experienced a lot of suffering, a lot of hard things physically in his life, uh, loss, grief, um, lots of cracks in his life. But you know what? The light shines through the cracks. The light shines through the cracks. It's where those cracks, it's in those cracks that the Christ, the light of Christ shines through. Um, so for me, at least, uh, this is a picture of what it looks like to age well. This is what I'm saying. So my question is, I, I'm going to give you a, just, a, just a, maybe a couple minutes to t do a little bit of conversation. This is the kind of stuff we do at Salt Company. So you don't have tables. We're going to cheat and just do this anyway. Uh, I would the heck you, like, like to have you turn to folks around you, make it a little circle, two, three, whatever. And I'd like to have you uh, talk about this. Do you know a seasoned adult like this guy? Do you know anyone like this in your life? And, if, and, and I would just like to invite you to turn to somebody next to you and, dis and, and describe that person to somebody else. What is it about that person that do you think is beautiful? A seasoned adult that you know that you just think is a beautiful person. Okay? I'm going to give you two minutes. Go. And if you're online, you can think about this. Think about this in your own, in your own life. Just think about those people who are beautiful, seasoned adults. So um, here's, here's a crazy idea. Uh, if that person is still uh, with us, uh, what would we like to call that person up and say, I shared about you tonight. <laughs> and I said to somebody else, you're a beautiful person. What an amazing conversation. That, what an opener that would be, right, to reach out to that person. Uh, I, I, I think of uh, Suzanne and I know two people, Sam and Betsy. Uh, 
and they're in their upper 80s now, and uh, deeply connected and connecting people, you know? Uh, people are aware of what's going on in this embattled world, very involved in the, in the hard things that are happening in the world, dialed into ministries, uh, involved with their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love to hear these stories you share with each other. These kind of people are all around us. Beautiful people. Aging, aging is an art form. It's an art form. So at Calvary, we're learning about the, the art of aging with people who are, are 60 plus. We have this road sign out here. I'll talk about this in a second. Uh, and we call them seasoned adults for two reasons. Uh, and if you've been to Salt Company, you've heard me say this. Uh, but we say seasoned adults first because we've had we lived through some seasons of life. Uh, that's the chronology of of our of, of our name. Uh, but more important, uh, which which means we've grieved, we've lost, we've suffered, we've gained, we've celebrated, we've made lots of mistakes. Uh, it means that we're we're still working through our issues. Okay. But seasoning seasoned adults in, in a second sense spiritually, as in. Receiving Christ into our lives like what happens, and this is the illustration we use at Saw Company. Uh, maybe you remember back, maybe you got to do this when you are in high school chemistry class. Uh, you, have a, you, put so, you ever try this, put sodium and chlorine in a beaker at the same time? How many ever run that experiment? If you do it really, really badly, you can blow up the entire lab. Uh, but when you, when you put it all in, there is this flash, very sudden, dramatic flash, a little trail of smoke, and at the bottom of the beaker, there's a white powder, and guess what that white powder is? Sodium chloride, also known as salt. So we use this analogy in, in, in the salt company, so we say anyone who receives Christ into their lives, it's like putting sodium and chlorine together, only when you, someone receives Christ in their lives, there is a powerful transformational moment that goes on the rest of your life that changes you. And you become, and this is Jesus' words, Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. And I'm talking to seasoned adults when I say this, but I say the same thing to you, brothers and sisters. When you receive Christ in your lives, you become this for the rest of your lives. Amen? So if, 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 if everything falls apart from the, my little talk this far on, I got this one thing, then if the whole thing falls apart, hold this. If you put your, put your hands together like this. What I'm, what, I'm, what I'm proposing to you is that when you hold your hands like this, let this be a reminder to you that when you receive Christ in your life, you have become something new. And nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And you have become, brothers and sisters, you have become salt of the earth. And I'm going to talk about this in just a little minute here, about how very, very important this is to you and also to us seasoned adult types. You are salt of the earth. You can be in a, you can be in a, uh, a situation where it's really tensive, where you feel a lot of apprehension, where you feel a lot of anxiety, where you feel really, really down and challenged, you can feel fear. And you can actually sit in a room where it's just a lot of crazy going on, and you can put your hands like this. And you can look at your hands. No one knows what you're doing, but you're being reminded, I'm in his grip. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, I am the salt of the earth. Okay? You know, I mean, the rest of what I'm going to say, this, this is the essence of it. This is how you age well, right here. Okay? Now, I'm going to build on this, but this is it. If you want to take a nap, good, but get, as long as you got this. So, um, here's an image that helps me talk about what aging well means, and uh, it's the image of life as a road trip. Uh, getting heading toward the Route 60 plus thing here. Um, uh, found this somewhere online. Uh, we, we, and we have these Route, route 60 plus signs up at Salt Company. And it, what that is, 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 if you don't know, it's a play on Route 66, which is the first major international, uh, national highway that was ever built in the United States a long time ago. Uh, and it became famous in, uh, in the in seasoned adult generation 
uh, and there was a song that went, Get Your Kicks on Route 66. You've never heard that, but that's, you ask anybody who's like 75 years old, they know that song, believe me. It's the same for you when you're, you're, you're in your 20s, you have your Route 20 plus, Route 30 plus, <laughs> you know, road signs, and you have your music as well. We all have our music, and it's absolutely great that we, we, that, that we identify with our music. So uh, for you on your road trip and for me on my road trip to navigate well and wisely on the ever-changing terrain ahead, you and I must, and here's the phrase, you and I must drive on four tires. How weird is that to say? You and I must drive on four tires. Where you and I are heading, you and I have to have this is about the art of aging. You and I have to have drive. What goes into drive? Well, as you might guess, drive is an acronym. D stands for disciplines. Practices that you and I do every day to stay well, to recover, to grow, to deepen. You and Y, I know you do a lot of work in this area. You've done a lot of thinking and practices. And you know, you're, you're, you're famous for your fasting you know, in winter, uh, and, and, but you do a lot of work in this area, so it's not something, I'm, I'm not telling you anything new, but just to say from a seed and adult standpoint, it, in my life experience, that when things are falling apart, when we are in storm, when we are slogging, the disciplines that you and I uh, are in the habit of practicing regularly, God uses to help keep us close to Him. And it is part of the art of aging to have those practices in your life now, not wait. Uh, and you already know this. Um, <clears throat> I only want to uh, share one spiritual practice uh, that has become very meaningful to me personally. And I, and I, I will share with you that I, I'm a big fan of Dallas Willard stuff. And, and Dallas Willard uh, said this somewhere, some talk someplace, and I, I, wow, that just sounds like wisdom. And it goes like this. And that is uh, get up early in the morning. I, I, I try to get up fairly early in the morning. I know that's, a, that's a, maybe a show stopper right there. Uh, and and uh, get, up, get up sometime in the morning. And, and, and um, the, the next thing is get the coffee. And then, if you can, get a view of the sky. Preferably out, get outdoors. But if you can't get outdoors, at least get a look outside. Get away from walls. Don't stare at walls, let alone screens, and, and get a view of the sky. And this is what Dallas Willard uh, offered. It's something, a practice that he did in his own life. And, the, and it begins like this, simply, and we had a, we had a song that's based on this. Contemplate the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Don't race through it. Contemplate it. Soak in it. One phrase at a time shall not want. Here's one of my favorite parts. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. I love this part. He restores my soul. And this next part is so important. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, where are you leading me today? You know? This is the beginning of your day. You're drinking coffee and you're thinking about your day. Where are you leading me today? And, and then go on through the rest of it. And then at the end of that, and I, I will dwell in your house forever, right? Then segue. So, and so, our Father in heaven, do the Lord's Prayer. Go from the 23rd Psalm to the Lord's Prayer and contemplate the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, awesome is your name. How, whatever, you know, hallowed, joyful, genius, powerful. And listen to this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Willer would say, where I'm standing. And you go through the rest of that. 
when you fit in the prayers, you want people to you know, pray for situations, you want to pray. I mean, it, it, it's just been so helpful to me. I'm just offering it to you. We, we all have our own different things we do, but that's just something that's been really meaningful to me. Simple, powerful, helping us prepare for the R uh, in this little acronym. R stands for robust vision. You and I have a robust vision in Christ based on the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus rose from the grave, the new creation began. The new creation is underway. And if you've become this, you are now an agent of the new creation. And God's covenant promises is I'm going to make this all good. I'm going to put it all back together. Things in heaven and things on earth are going to be back together. Jesus rising and appearing in the middle of human history provided this window onto what is going to happen in his body rising. We have given a, been given a glimpse of what it will be like one fine day when, as well, our faithful God has in mind for us and for all creation, all things to be made new. That is what we are about. That is our vision. It is absolutely mondo. Robust. Huge. Life absorbing. <laughs> I, this is so important to me because in, when I work with seasoned adults, you see, I run into seasoned adults who say to me, I think I'm done. And they have, what I, and I, you know, Mary's heard me say this, they, they've bought into a cultural lie that says, well, when you're older, you go play golf. Go hang out, go, you know, you're done. You're not working anymore. You're, you're no longer productive. It's a lie. We're, we're children of God, no matter how old or young we are. And we are agents of the new creation, no matter how old or young we are. This is true for you, and it will be true for you the rest of your life. And this will keep you alive, this robust vision, if you allow it to. I stands for intergenerational friendships. Thank you for inviting me tonight. I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, Brian, Sarah, and I, we, we start off right when I first got here, we started talking about this, and, 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 you know, we just love each other, and, and, and we have, there's so much good going on that we've been working on this for, a lot of you Hawaii folks know about this, and we're doing, you know, section leaders and small group interactions and all kinds of stuff, and uh, Journey to the Cross coming up, uh, we work together on things, and it's, it's just been a joy. Uh, intergenerational friendships essentially for are essential for leveraging wisdom for all ages. I, I, I love this little statement. You can teach an old dog new tricks, and you can also teach a young dog old tricks. <laughs> we need each other, in other words. Um, so who do you hang out with? This goes back to the way you're talking about your little groups here. Who do you hang out with that is not in your generation? I just want to challenge you. Who do you hang out with who is not in your generation? Younger or older, right? Uh, the, 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 what will happen by having proximity to people who are not in your generation will be Im, uh, have an amazing uh, impact on your perspective on just about everything. I mean, I, I'll tell you one story. I, I had a friend, his name was Charlie and his wife Mary, and they're both in their like, mid-90s. been married 75 years. I don't know anybody who's been married 75 years, right? And one day, uh, they're now both with the Lord. I, I said, Charlie, uh, what is the secret to a long marriage? You know what he said to me? Yeah, we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I love that, that humility, you know. Uh, we're all trying to figure this out together. And let's share the wisdom with each other. Uh, by the way, on this, uh, you are now all officially invited to Salt Company this coming Sunday. Okay. We're going we're gonna, to, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are it's at 1030 over in room 1100. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about leveraging the power of our regrets. Uh, and and we, we launched this, the last Saul company. We had record attendance. I thought, I, when we, we say, we're going to talk about the leveraging the power of our regrets, I figured that, that the crowd would be small. It was larger than we've ever had. Very interesting. Uh, I invite you, on behalf of the seasoned adults at Saul Company, to come and be a part of that conversation at our tables. Let's talk together 
about leveraging, using the power of our regrets. Let's learn from each other. Okay, V stands for vocational clarity uh, that informs the purpose and the hope and the worth that we have. Uh, so the, the, the mantra, if I could use that word, that we have in seasonal ministry goes like this. I think you'll, you, you'll get this. Uh, it goes like this. Where I contribute, I feel like I belong. Okay? Where I contribute, I feel like I belong. Where I contribute and belong, I feel like I have purpose. Where I contribute and belong and have purpose, guess what? I have hope. This is so important for us. It is very important for you. So, I'm thinking a lot about this little statement that uh, a New Testament theologian, biblical theologian named N.T. Wright just tossed out in a lecture one time, and it just gripped me. He said, catch this, our identity is vocationally understood. Our identity is vocationally understood. Our calling, when we step into our calling, this vocational clarity business, I am actually stepping into discovering who I really am. And I explore and understand who I really am by practicing three things that I believe are true of us. We are royal priest gardeners. Royal priest gardeners. Royal in that you and I are created in God's image to serve him on earth, this precious gift that God has created, this beautiful earth, this bit of God's artistry, and we are, as it says in Genesis 1, to be fruitful and to multiply. Multiply is quantitative. Fruitfulness is qualitative. Quantitative, having children, birthing children, having families. Qualitative is about fruitfulness, the kind of life that we live. To have dominion, to take care, our job is to, to have dominion and take care of all the living creatures which means that we are to see to their habitat, the air, the earth, the water, the plant life on the earth, because that's what the creatures feed off of and live off of. Where in the Bible have we been given a pass on that job? I don't see it. We are to be people who care about creation. It's right there in Genesis 1. It has not gone away. To be a royal is to have, uh, see, great dignity. To be a royal as a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High God, is to have dignity and responsibility. To be a royal is to be a decider. It is to have authority to run things. You have authority to run things. So do I. We all do all our lives. We are royals. Don't let anybody tell you you're not. The Bible says you are. Priests. We are priests. We are called a kingdom of priests. First Peter 2 says this. Priests invite others. What do priests do? Priests invite others into the holy, gracious, life-changing presence of God. And to do that, they enter into, and this is something we don't talk maybe enough about, but I think I, I, I love some of the, the call to mission and ministry that, you know, that Brian and AJ were talking about before here. We are called into places of suffering. Priests enter into places of suffering. We are to go to those places where there's pain, where there's fear, where there is loss, where there is devastation, where there's hurricanes, where there's earthquakes. And be God's person there. And bring God's bring the presence of God to people who are just in absolute despair and lift up the despair of the people to the presence of God. That's what priests do. Right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Rogers. I just think, man, he's one of my heroes, Fred Rogers. And Fred Rogers said uh, one time that his mom told him when he was a boy, when something bad happens, look for the helpers. Those are the priests. We are called to be those people. I mean, the, you know, the tomorrow night for the for the VIPs and the helping out over there. Just a little example. We got here at Calvary, we got lots and lots of opportunities for this, which makes this a wonderful place to be in ministry and 
and to be at church. Thirdly, gardening. We're gardeners. Uh, did you know that the name Adam, actually Adam, Hebrew name Adam means humankind? Did you know that? Adam is called, his job is Genesis 2, is called to tend the garden. His job is to till it, to cultivate it. This is really the art form that the Pastor Brian was talking about last week. To garden is to create conditions for things to grow. Anybody here a gardener? Is anybody into it? Yeah. Not very many, though. This is good, folks. Get your hands in the dirt is a really good thing. Because then you have to figure out, how, does it, how do we get this tomato plant to grow? What do we got to do? And, and that process of figuring out how to help that plant grow, you are actually cultivating life. And then you can apply that to helping cultivate people's lives. We garden in plants. We garden in people. To garden is to make for fruitfulness. See, our, the point of this is our calling as God's people is eternal. What you and I are, are doing right now as royal priest gardeners, we're going to be doing an eternity. We're just getting warmed up. There is, so, so for us to see the ministry, there's no such thing as retirement. Okay, from our call, no retirement from our calling. This is so important for our seasoned adults to understand because some of them feel like their lives are pretty much over. And this is one of the uphill battles we have in seasonal ministry to make the case every time we get together with them, no, no, you are not over. Neither are you, friends. As Dallas Willard uh, often pointed out, he said this a lot. I just love this. We are, in fact, right now, we are all training for reigning. We are going to be reigning with the kingdom in the new in the, in the new heaven, new earth. We are going to be we're going to be reigning in that. This is Revelation twenty two five. Look it up. So I put this on a coffee mug. And I drink coffee from this every day. When it gets really hard and things are miserable, I can look up my coffee mug and say, "Oh, that's right. I'm training for reigning. I'm in formation. You know, I'm learning here." I may be messing up, but I'm in formation, right? So are you, your whole lives. <clears throat> we age well when we have vocational clarity. That's the, that's the sum of that. The last word in drive, E, stands for enjoy God's action. We were, uh, uh, we were talking, we were praying together before the, the, the gathering tonight, we were, and, and Jake was praying, and we were just praying, enjoy God tonight, right? Uh, because God wants to, God loves you so intensely. God wants to be in a conversation relationship, relationship with you every single moment of your life. God wants to be talking with you and showing you things and me every single moment in our lives. And we have to tune into that. And, and that's all pulse, also all part of this business of the art of aging. I think that's what goes into giving us drive, all of these things, that, that the drive to age well. And, and that gives us a new take on retirement uh, that I want to share with you. For us, then, in, in seasonal ministry, I'll share this with you. I'll do this rather briefly. Retirement for us means putting four new tires on your car. Okay? That's what retirement means for us. That's the only kind of retirement we talk about. And so the four tires are these. And I, I am going to do this quickly. Um, the first one is, the, the first tire is that we cultivate the life of our mind. Uh, and, and, and for us in season adult ministry, for, for it's get off the television sets. Get away from cable news. Get away from the stuff that just kind of does your thinking for you. For, for all of us, it's get off of these things. Because these things do our thinking for us. And the cultivating the life of the mind is something that is a very active, engaged process. We want to encourage each other in, one, uh, in the body of Christ to cultivate the life of our mind. Listen, when we say we want to live in love like Jesus, right? That's, that's the mission of our church. We want to live in love like Jesus. I would submit to you that we live in love like Jesus when we learn to think like Jesus. And you say, how is that possible? We've been given a Bible. God's people delight in God's word. When we delight in God's word, guess what happens? We begin to learn how to think like Jesus. This is hard work, by the way. It's very hard work. You're going to spend your whole life working on this. I am. This is really good because your mind is going to be engaged. Reading, studying, digging, 
cultivate the life of the mind. Second tire, cultivate life together. Uh, you know, loneliness, isolation, all these things that are going on for seasoned adults, all ages, getting out of the pandemic, we're, we're kind of finding our way back to face-to-face encounters with one another. It, this business of cultivating life together says it, it is so important for us to cultivate face-to-face like we have here in the room tonight, like at Salt Company. Um, a little more brain science. Brain science is showing us now, um, the guy is a researcher at UCLA, not a Christian, uh, Alan Shore. Uh, I've not met him, but he's a wonderful man. He was giving a lecture one time, and he was, and he was, some, he was saying, it was in sum, if we're going to describe what the one word description of what, ca- what, what makes for a, the human brain to thrive, the best word we can come up with, this is, a, this is a researcher saying this, the best word we can come up with to describe what that is, is joy. And one of the guys in the audience is a Christian, you know, Jim Wilder, and he's written some books, and he, he goes, oh my gosh, we know about joy. The Bible's full of joy. And, we, and here's how we experience joy. We experience joy when we encounter somebody else who says to us, and they mean it, and they say, I am so glad to be with you. That's how joy happens. We do it in community. I experience joy when I'm with you, and you with me, and we, we with each other, right? Can't do joy alone. Can't. Our brains aren't even wired that way. Cultivating life together. Third tire, cultivating life for others. You do a lot of this. This is a salt, needs to be out of the salt shaker and into the earth with being royal priest gardeners. It's all of that. The, the followers of Christ are supposed to be deployed. Uh, uh, and, and, and you get it. The stuff, the stuff we do to get, get into the world because that is exactly what God intends is to redeem this world. We, he needs his people in the world. That's, that's us. The rest of our lives we're doing this. The last one um, is cultivating my life. I just want to linger here a little bit longer because I think this is really important for you. It's certainly important for me. Uh, you and I, and this is it, you and I bear personal responsibility for how and what we eat and, what we, and how we exercise and how we rest our bodies. Our, our, our faith is a physical faith. We're embodied Christian people. Our bodies are temples of the Spirit. We are supposed to take care of them my life, this cultivating my life includes my mental health. It includes my ability, uh, my, my getting help when I need it. It includes my work, my rest. It includes my finances. It includes my stuff, my physical stuff that I have to take care of, you know, that I own and I have to have responsibility for. Very material. Have you heard of Blue Zones? So we have found out that there are places in the world where people live a really, really long time. Tremendous longevity in certain pockets of places all over the world. And, and, and you know, of course, we've gone and studied those places. What is it about those places where people live a really long time? They're called blue zones. Blue zone because of blue hair, I guess. Um, there's one in Iceland. There's one in, uh, in Central America. There's... Um, there's one in Loma Linda. Very interesting. Right here in Southern California. Uh, there, there, there is one in Japan, but that one's beginning to erode. Other things are getting into that community. Uh, it's now becoming less and less of a blue zone. Blue zone communities uh, in these re- regions have these characteristics. They eat a plant-based diet. They get, they get regular physical activity. But they don't go to gyms because they're walking all the time. They don't need gyms. They drink moderate amounts of alcohol. Very, they don't, and they, some don't drink at all, but some have a little bit of little, little bit wine, not a lot. They manage their stress. They have a positive, this, this is a non-Christian statement here, but you, you get the sense. And they have a positive spiritual family social network. We could read that and go, well, we're supposed to live like that, <laughs> which means if we live like that, we're going to live a long time. Taking care of my life is a part of the art of aging well, right? 
Some last thoughts. Again, back to Dallas Willard. He liked to say that what God gets out of the lives, uh, what God gets out of our lives is the person that we become. Aging is about maturing, about the kind of person we become over time. So, what kind of old person do you see yourself becoming tonight? Brian was asking for 20 years. Well, I'm pushing it. I think I was around 17 years old. I don't know why I did this. I was over, in, I grew up in Burbank. And I walked into the, the I, walked, I was in the bathroom in, next to my bedroom. And I looked in the mirror and there I was. And I did this. I just, <laughs> I stared at myself in the mirror. And I wondered what am I going to look like in 50 years? You ever do that? What kind of a person am I going to be in 50 years? Well, here I am. This is me. (laughs) About 50 years later, here I am. What kind of old person, what kind of old man, what old woman do you want to be? Because you are practicing today becoming some kind of old person. You're doing it right now. So Paul, as a seasoned adult himself, when he wrote this, has this vision for aging. I'll just close with this. That all of us, all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity. That's the aging well. To the maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. And my friends, it takes a long time. It takes a lifetime. Father, thank you for just loving us and showing us life that we do this art of aging and you help us, you teach us, you encourage us, you provide community for us and family and friends and Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us, your word driving us to go dig, dig deeper, our minds are, and, our, and our relationships and, and Lord, to calling you as royal priest gardeners to be your people on the planet, Lord, and preparing for what we're going to be doing forever. Oh my Lord God, we thank you for this great, great gift of life, how rich it is and for this chance, Lord, tonight to just have a little bit of conversation Lord, bless my brothers, my younger brothers and sisters tonight. Um, give them energy and a, just a, a deep sense of your great love for them being in, in your grip tonight. And I pray this in Jesus' strong name.